Welcome to AG University episode one. You guys, I literally had absolutely no idea that I was going to start a podcast. (laughs) This was a very kind of spur of the moment decision. But if you guys know me, there's one thing. When I get an idea, nobody whips it together faster than me and producer Courtney. She is here. She has always been my biggest support and giving me the confidence to show up on video. She created my Patreon with me actually this past year. And I really was like so excited to be doing Patreon because I was like, I'm going to finally share a lot more about my energy work practice because I have been running this secret business for like two years in private. But I started posting on Patreon and I realized that even on Patreon, I was still kind of hiding, you know, because you have to pay like $15 up front to join to see the videos. So I was like, you know what? I've gone through a whole rebirth lately. I actually went to a meditation retreat at the beginning of this month in September and I decided I'm no longer hiding. I'm going to share everything there is to know about me, my energy work practice, everything I do, and how I got here. Because it's really, honestly, it's a pretty freaking crazy story. We teased it. We shared it on Shannon's podcast. And I'm going on so many podcasts. Everyone's asking me about this crazy near-death experience, life pivot transition that I experienced. It is honestly very wild. But I was like, I need one place where I can tell the story full out from start to finish, like my true perspective, without feeling guilty that like I'm talking too much on someone else's podcast. This way, I'm like, this is my whole story. So if you guys ever find me somewhere else, I'm going to take you from start to finish and also ultimately kind of give you guys a little bit of my background, how long I've been doing this, how basically I know all the things that I hope to teach you. Really, this, obviously, AG University is an educational platform because I want to take you guys to the top. Not that I'm 100% at the top, but I am pretty shocked that I'm 29 years old. I've built multiple six-figure businesses. I've manifested physical changes in my body. I've healed my relationship with myself. I have a beautiful boyfriend, perfect angel baby partner. I have a new home in Florida. I live at the beach. I literally like frolic around on the beach every day. And truly my baseline is generally peace and happiness. I don't want to say every single day because, you know, I'm human. I still have ups and downs. But if I knew that I would get here like five years ago, I would have never believed you because I did not think any of this was possible because I was like the CEO of debilitating negative self-talk, inner critic, a slew of other issues. I was like CEO, twerp bitch, victim mentality. (laughs) Like I really was. I always think I'm like, gosh, if there was anybody that knew me before I was age 26, you really didn't know me. Also, I am a completely different person. I, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, what would I call this episode? And the first thing that came to my head was the beginning of the T Swift song where she's like, old Taylor can't come to the phone. Why? Because she's dead. Literally, that's what happened to me. If you knew me in my early 20s, I'm so sorry. (laughs) Actually, I'm being so dramatic. I wasn't a terrible person. I've always been generally positive. I've always had a lot of friends, but I just feel like I was a zero. I was not spiritual. I did not manifest. I did. I knew nothing, nothing, nothing. And I just really struggled. There was a lot of internal struggle going on that I don't think a lot of people knew about, but I just feel like now I'm so much more just genuinely rooted in self-love and gratitude and just peace. And I never thought I would experience that. And now that I've experienced it, I'm like, I want everyone to experience this because I've been on both sides and And life is so much better on this side. So I'm like, come to this side. Let me take you to this side. (laughs) So anyways, old AG can't come to the phone because she's dead. And literally, (laughs) I actually did die. So we're going to go. We're going to get there. But 
before I get to, if you guys have heard, I had this crazy out-of-body experience slash near-death experience. I don't even really know what to call it. Just something so unexplainable, something that shook me to my core, to infinity and beyond, that I was literally almost instantly a different person. Before we get there, I am going to start from the beginning. Because this is a podcast, I'm used to talking on YouTube videos and TikTok where I'm trying to talk really fast. I'm going to try to give you guys a lot of detail because I do feel like the details are important in understanding where I came from and how basically dramatic of a transformation, (laughs) dramatic of a shift this was. No one's more shocked than me. First of all, as a child growing up, I was a very magical little kid. I was very uh, well-spoken. I came into this this planet with a lot of a lot of fire. I really my parents always joked that I was like two speaking in like absolute complete sentences, like no baby talk. I was very just I was just yeah, very outspoken, very street smart. I was my people would be like, "How old is she?" Mom's like, "She's 2." And I'd be like, "Hello, mom. Pass the pass the applesauce. I'm hungry." Like I was just very talkative, but like really in tune child all the way up until like I feel like even when I was 8, I remember telling my dad that I had I was very prophetic. Like I told my dad, I was like, "Dad, I'm going to, you know, be speaking to millions of people and I'm going to help them." And I'm going to make a lot of money and I'm going to take care of you. You guys, I was literally like in third grade. And so I had indicators that would lead to like obviously what I'm doing now. But I would say up until I was about 10, you know, kids are super intuitive. I was very intuitive. I loved fashion. I loved all the things that I'm doing now, but like on a little bit more of a childlike innocent scale. Like I created a line of clothing for my beanie babies and they all wore red hot chili pepper dresses. I was very artistic. I love crafts. I love drawing horses, things that I actually... I would love to design my own line today. Like I was just very in tune with my inner child and magic and I believed in all of the things. But I think, you know, after I hit like 10 and onwards, we kind of get into that like societal programming where, you know, the daydreaming is bad and focus and pay attention. I kind of lost touch with that intuitive side, but it was there as a child. So then enters in, um, I grew up in the Catholic church. I went to a Catholic all-girls private school. It was very strict but I actually, I mean, I've always had great memories with my schooling. I went to an all-girls school. I loved it. I thought it was fun. Our uniforms were absolutely hideous, but we loved it. <laughs> you know, I loved wearing a uniform. And um, I always really, really wanted to be religious. Like, I wanted to connect. I wanted to, but I never quite—the Catholic Church just felt a little rigid for me. And I still—I mean, I still identify, you guys, as Christian. I just— I think I am a little bit more on the non-denominational. I'm a lot—I'm very open to everything. I still pray in Jesus' name— just because I'm doing all types of intuitive work, I want you guys to know that everybody is safe here. Every belief you have, this is a safe place. But I just want you guys to understand my background and why what I do now is so crazy to me. Growing up Catholic, my dad was an environmental scientist, though, so he was a little bit open to the quantum world. So I do feel like both of my parents were kind of open to different things, but religion at its core was not a massive part of my upbringing. But I continued on Catholic school up until I was about 14, I was always just not super, I wasn't the greatest student, (laughs) kind of like a class clown. I was always like talking and disruptive. But like I said, like I had a lot of friends and my teachers loved me, but they'd be like, Anna Grace, stop. You're disrupting the whole class. So my guidance counselor was like, you know, we, to my parents was like, we, you know, we love Anna Grace, but she's just really distracting. She's always daydreaming out the window. She's never paying (laughs) attention. And um, she just really doesn't do her schoolwork. And I'm like, yeah, that checks out. Yep, yep, yep. So she was like, you know, you guys should maybe get her tested for ADD or ADHD. So I get tested. I pretty much, so at age 14, I'm 
of course, I'm very creative, very hyper. So I was put on a ton of, well, I'm going to say numbers for you guys. But I want you to know that this is not a medical advice. I'm not telling you to take anything or not take anything or stop your meds. This is not about medication. This is just the hard facts of my life, okay? That's the only disclaimer I'm going to say in this. This is not medical advice. But I was prescribed off the bat 50 milligrams of Vyvanse, which at this point, you guys, I was like, a buck ten. I was a time. I was fourteen. I mean, I I literally weighed like a hundred pounds. Oof, oy. So now, in hindsight, and like Vyvanse and all that stuff is just like speed. But I'm on Vyvanse. I'm prescribed like a large dose. They kind of even played with it. I I, I feel like at one point that there was a time in my life where I was taking sixty milligrams of Vyvanse, and I even had Adderall shorts. So this went on like Adderall, like in a not time release. Anyways, so as you guys know, I'm in I'm in high school. I'm a cheerleader. I'm doing gymnastics. I'm playing sports. I'm doing all the things. I'm taking Adderall and Vyvanse to, you know, be a better student, quote unquote. But that's when the old slippery slope happened and I'm taking, you know, Vyvanse and I'm not eating and I'm doing better in school. And so that's, you know, good. My parents are happy. I'm making all A's. And then, you know, I remember my cheer coach being like, oh my gosh, AG, you look so thin. Like, you look so good. I was getting so praised for being skinny. Ugh, 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 ugh. My 15-year-old self is just loving it. So then it becomes that need for, oh, I equate being skinny to being loved and praised and validated and complicated, not complicated, complimented. (laughs) And that was really the start of all of the disordered eating that turned into pretty much taking over my brain and body for the next 10 years. So at this point, from age 14 till up until 24, 25, I was in a constant arm battle. What am I trying to say? Arm wrestle with just disordered eating, constantly taking Adderall. I mean, I remember one time we had a cheer coach that weighed us in because I was a top girl. So I was always the one that was on top. I did co-ed too. So it's like, there was all this just like unrealistic expectations on body image. Also, if you guys see me, like, first of all, I'm 5'3". I'm built. People are always like, you look like a gymnast. Like, I am muscular. I am built. It was real. I always struggled to get to this ideal number that cheer coaches wanted because I just had a lot of muscle. Like, I'm like, there's no more fat on my body. But I constantly was trying to get smaller, smaller. So I really got into that negative. Going into college, you guys, I went to University of Arkansas. I was a journalism major. I was in a sorority. I have really happy memories there, minus the fact that I was in the absolute worst place mentally with taking Adderall, Vyvanse. That's when I had multiple prescriptions. I, to this day, will never understand why I had the access that I had, but it's addicting. You know, it was like I just had an eating disorder that I was masking with taking stimulants and I would just drink coffee and then like I wouldn't eat for like a week and then I would go on the weekend and like, you know, drink and eat a pizza. Like I was just a mess. I was a mess. I had zero balance. Anyways, this is, I'm going somewhere. I know I'm giving you guys a lot of detail, but I want you to know that how long that went on and what state I guess I was in. So college was when I started working at a boutique and that was the first time I was introduced to fashion influencing and influencers. And I was like, wow, I I started off as the steamer at Savoir Faire, shout out. And um, by the end of it, I was their head of 
PR and marketing. So I had an office up in the desk with the owner. I'm sorry, up in the owner's office. So I'm like, oh my gosh, there are these beautiful women on Instagram that we are paying money and we're sending them free clothes. Like that is my dream come true. I always wanted to pursue fashion. I loved fashion. My biggest claim to fame was that I was best dressed in high school. Like it was all that I cared about. The only accolade that mattered. And I always loved fashion, but Arkansas didn't really have a program. I also, how I ended up at Arkansas, my mom went there. My mom's from Arkansas. My sister was there. I was never really interested in going to college, but I was just like, eh, what the heck? And then I was a journalism major. College was like a really lost time for me. And like I said, I never really felt like I had any religious faith. I knew there was a higher power, but that was pretty much it. I struggled with connecting with anything. And unfortunately there wasn't like podcasts and TikTok and all of the information like there is now. So I just was nothing. I was just lost, floating around, eating Adderall and five ants and starving. And I'm laughing, I'm sorry. It's cause it's just so absurd now. Cause I, I don't even know who that person is anymore. And I actually had someone comment on one of my TikToks, a random troll who I actually don't even know. I, don't, I have no idea why I'm telling this, but I, uh, some girl was like, I, I knew this girl in college and she was so mean. And I'm like, yo, I don't think anyone's ever described me as mean in my whole entire life. Like, that's just one word. I'm like, I feel like I have like golden retriever energy. But I laugh because I'm like, she probably saw me walking to class one day, just like yeeted on Vyvanse, just like resting bitch face. You know, when like someone interrupts you and you're like, I am on a mission to go to college algebra and like use my protractor. I don't even know if you use protractors in college. You get what I'm saying. You're like so irritable. So I always, I always feel bad for certain people that knew me then. I'm like, they probably thought I was a terror. But I... That's the only instance I've ever had someone call me mean and I was so triggered, but it does. It makes you mean. So anyways, like I'm saying, you guys, if you take Adderall or Vyvanse and it works for you, let it ride. But continued on, decided in 2015 when I was graduating, I was going to start a fashion blog. I'm like, heck yes, sign me up. <laughs> Free clothes and people will pay me. And I'm like, out of the shoot, I'm, it's going to be amazing. LOL. Uh, creating a blog from scratch. Also, I had like 200 followers on Instagram. I don't know. Instagram was like just about, it was just coming about. I didn't have some crazy platform or anything. I started the blog. I, it was called Newly AG, play on my name, Newell, Newell and Anna Grace, because that was back when everyone had pseudo names. So I start blogging, posting about fashion, all of the things. I end up moving back home to Memphis. I worked several different jobs all throughout. I am just literally, I'm I'm in the, the worst <laughs> kind of grind culture headspace ever. I'm like, I wake up at five in the morning and I go work out and then I go work. And then my dad, bless my sweet father. He has always believed in me. Uh, my dad would come meet me downtown and take my photos for my blog on our, my DSLR. And then I would go to work and then work until five o'clock. Then I'd come home and I would edit and work all night and get things posted. But you know what? I never missed a post. I never missed anything. I, I was dedicated. And some of those posts are so freaking embarrassing. I die. And people at the time, I would be like, why are people being mean about my blog? Like, why doesn't everyone just love it? I totally get it. People were like, who? I'm sorry. What are you doing? Are you trying to be a model? Ma'am, what's going on? Because it was, some of it was just like so cringe. But I remember having my feelings hurt because so many people were bullying me when I first started. But now I'm like, and it was foreign territory. I just want you guys to know, if if I always knew in my heart, I was like, I'm going to start a blog because I just loved to share things. I love to review products. I love to rate them. I loved it. And I knew it was the right direction for me. So always trust your gut. If there's something on your heart, follow it. So this brings me up to the major life transition. I am in the, at this point, I had gone on from working at a law firm, terrible, worst job ever, 
Then I worked for Free People Urban Outfitters styling and doing the social media for, it was like FP Southeast. It was back when Free People had multiple accounts like for the district of the country. Then I went on to become the fashion editor of a magazine. I launched my styling career all while I am building my platform on Instagram. I'm not really making money at this time. I'm just building, working, taking out her own vibance and like not sleeping. I am grind culture CEO. Ugh, we hate her. <laughs> We hate her. Grinding is not cool. I mean, it's necessary at times, but not for years. Okay, so I'm going into the, the massive transitional time of that year from 25 to like 25 to like 26. I feel like my life changed so dramatically. And the year 25 was when the universe was like, okay, this girl is not paying attention. She's working herself to the bone. We have to do something. We have to intervene. And um, I would also like to say, up until this point, I was a zero. I always say a zero because I didn't even know the word spiritual. I'm not kidding. I really didn't. I did not. I had never heard the term spirituality like used as openly it is, is as it is now. Growing up in the Catholic Church, it was very strict. At some point, like I even remember being like psychics or people that are just swindling you out of your money. And I'm like, ma'am, I don't know what psychic hurt me. <laughs> like I did not know any psychics, but someone must have told me that and I just internalized that. I thought psychics were the worst and I did not believe in energy. And I remember one of my sweet friends was, I always, my grandpa always loved this song. And every time I hear it, I know it's him sending me a sign. I'm like, uh-uh. Not only was I so, I just didn't believe in anything. I really didn't. I'm so sad for her. And you know what? If you don't believe in anything, that's okay too, because I totally relate to you. I remember thinking all of this sounded so foreign and insane. Like just, I could not connect. I couldn't relate. I was, not only was I a zero, I was almost like a hater. At one point in my life, I almost swung borderline atheist, just thinking nothing existed. It was a really dark time. I hate even admitting that, but I just always want to be really honest on this podcast because that's how extreme I need you guys to know I swamp. So I wake up one morning, right? I am headed to LA. I'm doing a fashion event. I was in the crux of my limiting belief that I believed that I would be successful on Instagram if only I was skinnier or prettier. Or I was so fixated on the physical and like having the coolest outfit and just very, very shallow, but going out to this event in LA. And at this time too, I have like maybe like 10, 15,000 followers. I don't know. I mean, I had a significant amount. Maybe it was more than that, 20,000. I don't know. Whatever. It wasn't huge. It wasn't my full-time income, but going to these like fashion events in LA was like so everything to me. Of course, I like spent the whole week starving myself and picking out the perfect outfits and doing all of those things. The flight I remember was like a 6 a.m. flight. So I am sitting on the aisle and I had a friend actually that was traveling with me. She was sitting in like the middle, the middle row or like, okay, the middle seat, but like across the aisle from me. So it was like aisle aisle seat, aisle, random stranger, my acquaintance that I was traveling with. She, we had known each other in college through friends of a friend's and like she ended up moving to Memphis for a job. So we were acquaintances, but we didn't know each other super well. So I get on this plane and the plane takes off. I remember it was a 6 a.m. flight. So I'd been like up all night, you know, packing and being chaotic and crazy. Cause remember guys, I'm working like all these jobs and I'm just absolutely doing the most. So I fell asleep and I remember the plane hit turbulence. Oh, my heart like accelerates every time I tell this story. I'm like sweating. I have to take my shirt off. I remember the plane hits turbulence and I, I was laying down on the tray table in front of me. So the tray table, I sit up and I put the tray table up and I'm like, all of a sudden from my head to my literal shins. I always tell people like when your shins are sweating, you know something's up. Like I was sweating profusely and I am 
starting to feel really scared. I've never felt like this before. I turned to the guy beside me, and I remember this guy looked like a cartoon man, like a he was like a fisherman or like the conductor of a of a like train. He had a hat on and and denim overalls. He was an older guy with a beard, and I tapped him and I woke him up and I said, "Sir, I need you to call." I need you to call some help. Something is like so wrong. I am really scared right now. And I remembered he called the flight attendant and the flight attendant comes over and everyone kind of on the plane is asleep. My acquaintance on the plane, she was asleep too. So I was just spiraling by myself. Oh my gosh. I remember by the time the flight attendant comes, he brings some juice. And I am like, the only feeling I can ever describe this is that I felt this sense of urgency to like leap out of my body or off the plane. Like you're about to projectile vomit. You know, you've got to like run to the bathroom or like literally like you're about to poop your pants. Like, you know, that feeling when you're like, oh no, something is like bad about to happen and I don't know what to do. What's about to happen? I'm sweating. Like, I just remember thinking urgent. That's the feeling. Flight attendant comes, hands me this cup of juice, and I remember trying to reach for it. And at this point, my, my motor skills are like, everything is whoa, 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 whoa. I, my peripheral starts going up to black. I can't hold the juice. I spill it on myself. I pass out. So from there, what realistically in the time frame of the flight was probably 10 seconds, not long. It was a blip. But as you guys know, time on our planet is different than time outside of our planet. So this is the first time that I, keep in mind, I don't believe in anything at this point, you guys, nothing. I felt like I had been vacuum sucked out of my body, like an intense pressure. It's almost like what I would imagine the feeling of like giving birth. I've never given birth. I'll report back to you guys. But it's like that. And how ironic would that be? Like you, the same feeling as giving birth is dying. I don't know. Kind of something, there's something there. But there's this massive suck out of my body and I am over my body. And I was not scared. I was not, I was like so calm and so peaceful because I had just went from being terrified to not. I was totally disconnected from my physical body. And I remembered seeing these two beings and they did not have faces. They were very um, super white, bright, like almost looked like these little like jellyfish, like or butterfly, like there was a movement, but not a face, but I knew they were angels. And I do want you guys to know that that is one thing that I've learned. Anyone in this human life that dies, we never ever die alone. There will always be an angel or a loved one that comes and greets you, which I think is like a really beautiful, comforting thing, especially if you've lost a loved one. I wasn't taken to the gates of heaven. It wasn't like that. It was like I was sucked out of my body and like the universe was like, hey, to get your attention, ma'am. You are killing yourself. <laughs> you are killing yourself. So I have this, this over, the, the main thing was that I felt the most overwhelming, like omnipresent feeling of love, loving, euphoric, light. Everything felt so light. Like I'm talking physically light, obviously bright light, but like physically light, like I could dart around like a just I just remember being like, we, this is fun. I don't want to go back to her. That was my thing. I remember being like, I don't want to go back to her because it's so slow and clunky and just, ugh, it's hard being her. You know, like it was almost like I was observing myself prior to this, this moment. 
and also too, I was in, I was mentally, physically, spiritually, and the work. This is the lowest point of my life. I was not a happy person. It was not a good time to be me. So I understand why I didn't want to go back to her. But I never was like, I'm dying. I'm going to. Hell. It wasn't like that. I was just very. I was just so calm and felt this feeling of love that I realized was what every religious text has ever been trying to explain. That's all religion is. Everyone was just trying to explain this feeling that I was feeling. And I remembered these angels. Here's the thing. It's not like I went up there and we had a conversation. I was like, hey, what's going on? It was just like a snap out of my body. I saw these beings and it was like information was just sort of downloaded into my brain. I know that's hard to wrap your head around. This whole story was hard for me to wrap my head around, so, but it was. And that's why I really believe that angels communicate with us telepathically, always, even when, you know, you're not on the brink of death. But I saw, this is the one most important thing that I saw that I don't think I've shared in any platform or anywhere ever. I've never told, producer Courtney hasn't even heard this, but I, she's recorded this story with me like five times. (laughs) I saw this grid. And the first thing I learned was that we never, ever die alone. There is always an angel that comes and takes you to the other side, and it's like the most beautiful experience ever. And then the second thing was that I saw this grid that went around the whole entire like planet, and I saw how we were so connected to each other. It was the first time that I really understand, like I understood all of you know, Bible texts that were like, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. We literally are connected. It's like if we were a tree and like all the leaves on the tree were us. Like we all come from the same tree. It was this grid. And I understood in that moment how every time you wished ill upon someone else or you did something to harm someone else, you were directly harming yourself. And that to me was like pretty... I really understood, and and I think that kind of goes into karma a little bit too, but it was like so much bigger than that. Like I was like, wow, like y'all, it was some Avatar. Avatar, that movie is the most spiritual representation I've ever seen. Like that is some trippy shit, but that's how it was. Like we were just connected to this grid, all of us, every every single human. And the only thing I felt was love. And I realized that in that moment, the information that I was getting was that we come to earth to experience contrast, right? So even though I didn't want to go back to this body, this version of myself that I was, I had come there to experience other emotions other than love. Because outside of the planet, all we felt was love. Does that make sense? So like, you know, you kind of want to go, it's like we came here to like learn and feel other emotions and experience things. That was what I gathered. I was given three conditions on returning. So right, I'm I'm at this point, I'm like, I don't want to go back. This is cooler, more fun. But obviously my time here was not done. And I never like strayed far from my body or myself. It wasn't like that. I was just kind of hovering and having this out-of-body experience. And this was the three things, the three conditions that I came back. Three, not even, I don't like the word conditions. I guess the three reasons that I was to come back. And yes, in case you were wondering, we all really come here with a purpose and a mission. Even if you're like, I have no idea what mine is. I am absolutely positive. God's plan. You are here for a purpose. I could not have been more lost at this point in my life. And I, in this moment, could not have been more clear on why I was coming back. So I, um, the first one was that I had a specific message that millions of people needed to hear. And I'm actually writing a book. I haven't told anyone that either. I've been writing a book. It's been really in the early phases for the last like two years, but it's actually happening. I think that this book is a big part of this message. I think it's going to come in three waves. 
but it's pretty unique and it's definitely something I never heard before. That's for another time, but there was a message that needed to come back along with the story. Two was that I was going to learn the Akashic Records, how to read them, how to teach them, and how to really connect people with their soul's purpose. And three, I was going to raise a child that was going to do something really powerful. So that was also very interesting. I needed to come back. So I, and I did, and I woke up. (laughs) So that's what happened to me. So I woke up and, you know, it's really ironic too, because up until that point, I was terrified of death. Like I would literally think about it often. And I think it's because I just couldn't connect to believing in this all loving God, or I don't know. I don't know, but it was, death was terrifying. And my parents also had me later in life. Like my mom was like close to 40 when she had me. And I would like, my parents are in great health right now, but I would have these really intrusive thoughts that like, oh no, my parents are going to die because they had me when they were old. I don't know. And I would cry. And my dad would be like, sweetheart, we are not, we are healthy. Like we are not going to die. But death was really scary for me, which also kind of makes sense because my human design profile is a one, three. I'm a projector and uh, it's investigator martyr, which means I have to martyr. The martyr piece means I literally have to experience something for myself. For example, going to the other side to really be able to connect with it, understand it and teach people about it. Right. So I think there was a lot of peace and resolution. Like I told Austin, I remember when we first started dating, I, was, I hadn't told him this whole story. It's I, ha- I haven't told anyone this story really this in depth. And I didn't tell anyone, by the way, after this happened for like a year because I would have thought I was crazy. And it's also hard to share a story like this that's so intimate and so profound and then maybe tell someone that doesn't believe you. There's nothing worse. So anyways, if you're listening to this and you've had a crazy experience, I believe you. But I remember I would always tell Austin, I'm not scared to die. Like, I'm really not. I'm like, it's really nice and beautiful and really loving. And Austin's like, I hate when you say stuff like that. But I I have. I've had a completely every fiber of my being, every aspect of my life has changed. And if I died tomorrow, I wouldn't be scared. And so... I'm not going to die though, because I still have a lot of work to do. I have a lot, I have a whole mission that's got to be carried out. So my biggest regret would not be carrying out the whole reason that I came here to, to do. Um, also medically from a medical standpoint, and I get a lot of questions on that. I went to the doctor and the doctor said that it sounded like I had a heart attack. So here I am in my early twenties and I've had a heart attack, which is also fucking crazy. And here's the craziest part. I remember when I went to the doctor, they were like, yeah, but you're probably still okay to take whatever medication if you need it. I'm like, what? I intuitively was like, I will never, ever take anything ever again. Here's the thing. I don't recommend anybody going cold turkey on any medication, but for where I was at, I knew that was what needed to happen. And I pretty much from that moment on, it happened slowly, but it was like everything in my life changed. Like things I didn't when you have COVID and you lose your taste and your smell and then it comes back and everything tastes funny. That's how I felt, but like my whole life felt like that. <laughs> everything was different. And I do think a lot of people often think of the uh, the scene from Twilight. I was like such a Twilight book nerd, Harry Potter, all the things. I read them all when I was growing up. But when um, Bella gets her vampire, <laughs> like she turns into a vampire and like she, everything, all of her senses are heightened. She's like living this different life. That's pretty much what it was like. And I do feel like that's a lot of people experience just having a spiritual awakening. You're just all of a sudden everything changes and you're interested in different people and different things. Nothing was the same, but also I was completely fine. Health-wise, I stopped taking Adderall. I stopped taking Vyvanse. 
I did realize I was like basically a baby in an adult's body because I didn't have any eating patterns. I didn't know how to take care of myself. I had no idea about my health. I was a wreck. My adrenals were shot. I was just a mess, but I was completely fine. So that's another thing. For a long time, I didn't ever really know just to call this like an out-of-body experience, a near-death experience. I had a heart attack. All of it felt so dramatic. Like I didn't, there was so much shame. I didn't want to tell anyone the story because I'm like, they'll never believe you. They'll never believe you. And I would like to give credit. I found this podcast. It's called Let's Talk Near Death. Gave me a lot of comfort that, oh, this has happened to so many people. And every time I share the story, more and more people come forward being like, I had a heart attack. You know, that this happened to me even though you know I'm completely fine and I'm so grateful and thankful that I can share this story and maybe help someone else, but it still felt really hard and scary and difficult to tell because also like it was very, I feel all very protective of the situation because I went from being someone who would have laughed in my own face to having this experience, which God really humbles you <laughs> when you when you least expect it. But I think at the rate I was going, you know, 10 years taking stimulants, not eating, not being hydrated, not sleeping, just everything wrong. I mean, no shit, Anna Grace. Duh. Honestly, my head is like pounding. Telling that story is so intense. Okay. That's okay. You guys needed to hear it. So I at this point, I'm living in Nashville. I would say that the time when I was like living alone in my house in Nashville was the most like transformative because that's when I really was able to like learn and tune into everything that's happening. So if you guys are wondering, when I came back or or maybe it was always my truest version of self, I don't know, but I am an intuitive guide. I'm clairvoyant. I'm claircognizant. I... I, I mean, I don't love the word psychic because I know a lot of people have like kind of a negative connotation or it's not that I don't love it. Maybe it feels like in the past it's been used as a cheap buzzword or maybe, you know what, it's my own freaking just past where I heard people speak negatively. I don't know, but I am incredibly fucking psychic. I think that when you get taken out of your body, you just stay connected maybe to both realms. I don't know, but I can... See, hear, feel, communicate with all energies. The angels that were there that day are always with me to this day. They work with me in the Akashic Records, which is the practice that I'm a part of. But I, it took me a long time to to get from there. So I'm going to try to kind of like, I'm just telling you guys that that's, that's how I came out of this, right? So that's like pretty fucking crazy and overwhelming and like, what? But I didn't know any of this. And keep in mind, I never believed in it. I'd never been exposed to anyone even like me in my whole life. I didn't know anyone that did this. So I'm thinking I'm, I've lost my marbles <laughs> for like a few months. My friend sends me, cause I'm like dreaming things, they happen. I'm all of my senses and what is going on. Cause I think too, that the medication I was taking was blocking all of my receptor sites. Maybe I was always this intuitive. Who knows? I do feel like as a child, I was very prophetic, but I think I was just blocked, like creatively blocked. My personality, I was blocked because I was just on so much stuff. So I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get my whole life together. I'm living, I'm away from my family. They have really no idea because they weren't, they wouldn't have really been super into this either. Now they're very supportive, but like at the time it was just all scary. So I go see this guy named Frank and he is like a celebrity psychic. I was actually working, I was wardrobe styling in Nashville on set with a really, really famous artist. She's a powerhouse and someone I really look up to and respect. And she always would consult Frank. And I'm like, who's Frank? What's he do? I need to know. If you're doing Frank, I'm doing Frank. What's he doing? So I go see him, which by the way, at this point, it takes like six months to get in to see him. Now his wait list is like 16 months. It's it's bananas. But he is, he's truly, I mean, he's a wizard. He's one of the most amazing people I've ever I've ever known. He literally predicted that I would meet Austin. Y'all, I'm not kidding, like five years ago. <laughs> 
Like, it was crazy. So I go to Frank, and Frank pretty much tells me, I, I, I sort of become obsessed with psychics because they're, like, so intriguing. I'm so drawn to them, and I don't know why. And I, he tells me, he's like, well, it's because you're supposed to be doing what I'm doing. And I'm like, what? Like, at this point, I haven't really, I'm like, I'm not going to do readings for people. Are you crazy? No. Then I go see like three more psychics because I need someone else to tell me something different. All of a sudden, I think that I'm like smarter and I'm going to like do this science experiment, compare and contrast and see if they all say the same thing. You know, I don't know what I was doing, whatever. So I do, I go, I find my friend Kim, who Kim, I'll, I'll tag her and, and Frank and everyone in the show notes, but um, Kim, I start working with her and she's... She's just the most loving. She's been a friend and a mentor to me and really guiding me through this because she was the first person that was totally like, hey, I believe you. You're, this is okay. Like you're safe. Everything's fine. We're just gonna, we're gonna work on this together. And I really spent like all of quarantine, those two years doing energetic practices and protection and and really trying to, because it was a little overwhelming. Like, right, I would dream things. There were spirits coming to visit me in the night. It was just crazy things were happening. And I was like, Am I going crazy? Is this normal? And everyone was like that I was seeing. I was like, oh, it's normal. You just got to, you know, learn how to, you know, harness <laughs> harness your powers for good. I'm like, okay, great. So Kim tells me, Kim at this point is someone I love and adore. And she tells me, you need to go get your Akashic Records read by my friend Yvonne. Also, before I go get my Akashic Records read, I went through like those two, three years reading every self-help book, every spiritual text. Gabby Bernstein for president. I love her. Like I learned everything there was to learn. But honestly, I did a lot of this in private. I had no interest in telling anyone. Like I said, that's the same old shame story. I was afraid to tell people. I was afraid they're going to think I was crazy. And I really just, but my friends were really becoming aware. I was like highly sensitive, highly in tune, very spiritual. So there was a lot of, this is a, this story is years long. I'm sure I'm forgetting some details, but there was a lot of work on my end that went into it and getting myself right, my body right, my business right. At this point too, I was a full-time content creator on Instagram. And I'm like, how the hell am I ever going to tell all these people? I'm like a fashion girly pop on Instagram. How am I going to tell people that I'm also a full-blown clairvoyant, medium, reading the Akashic Records, communicating. You know, it's like, it's just a hard thing to pivot because when I started out, I wasn't that and now I am and here we are. So I don't know. (laughs) When when do I just drop that bomb one day on everyone? So I go see Yvonne, who is still a Reiki practitioner at uh, Nashville Center of Alternative Therapy. She's an amazing Reiki specialist as well. And I believe she does some Akashic Records still, but she did an Akashic Records reading for me and we connected and I just was, I was so captivated by the whole experience. Y'all, I get a book, I read a book, I open the Akashic Records and I am like, I'm not kidding. I immediately started doing readings immediately. It was like I had done it in every single lifetime that I've ever existed. I had done it my whole life. I don't know. I don't know how to explain it to people. I really don't. I just knew. I knew everything. I I, I did a reading for one. I think my first reading I ever did was my dear friend, Helen Hall, who's the CEO and founder of Blender Bombs. And um, she was blown away. She cried. I, I cried. I was shocked. No one's more shocked than me, you guys. I mean, I knew I had these gifts, but I did not know how to harness them or channel them or whatever. And then I was hooked because I was like, wow, I really specialize in reconnecting people with their highest version of self, their soul's purpose and giving them action steps and takeaways to realign them with the highest version of themselves, right? So that's like your 
quote unquote, God's plan. Everything really does have a plan. You have a purpose. And I'm just here to maybe connect a few dots where maybe you can't see them. I am I am all about giving very, very high vibrational readings. And that's what the Akashic Records is. Sorry, I know on the scale of spirituality, Akashic Records is pretty, pretty deep down the old rabbit hole because it's not a super common term, but it's actually dated back in every ancient text ever. Like it's on the freaking pyramids and the hieroglyphics. It's in the Bible. It's known as the Akasha or the book of life in the Bible. And you guys, you know, there's prophets in the Bible. There are angels in the Bible. I work with angels. It is an angel reading. And growing up Catholic, this felt very safe to me because we always prayed to like, you know, the patron saint or we had angels or Archangel Michael. That's exactly pretty much what I'm working on. Um, I start doing readings. I didn't even really tell like my friends or family, like just like the people that who, it was like, if you knew, you knew. If you did a reading with me, it spread through word of mouth. And I really did. It really got me through quarantine though, because it gave me this newfound sense of purpose that like, wow, I could really help someone with their business and someone who really needs some guidance. It, I, I felt so fulfilled. And also I loved it. And it was fascinating. And I had to talk to angels, like how cool. So um, I mean, I started doing readings privately. No one was more shocked than me. It spread like wildfire. I all of a sudden had like at least like 40 or 50 people who were just all like influencers Really, I had been doing celebrity styling and influencer style, like influencer work, and I switched to literally doing celebrity readings. I know on Shannon's podcast, she said celebrity medium. I am a medium too. I can connect to those who have passed. I don't seek that work out. I prefer to do Akashic Records, which is the angel readings, which is soul's purpose. So just so you guys kind of know, there is a difference there. So I know this is wild and maybe a completely new story you've ever heard. I don't know. I have no idea where you're at on the spectrum of spirituality or things that you're aware of, but I can tell you that I know 100% I am in my soul's purpose. And if this story, maybe it's not for everyone and that's okay. But here's the thing. I'm stepping more into this role so that we can open up more time, space, and energy for me to see people, for me to read with people. I am doing courses, teaching all of these beautiful messages that I have channeled and learned from the Akashic Records. And also, obviously, this podcast is going to be, I mean, I just get so much information every single day. I want people to know about it. I want it to be bigger because I just find it so helpful. And I just, I want to help you guys connect with the highest version of yourself and your intuition any of your energetic gifts, like I want to create all of the just verbiage for you so that you can use it in your everyday. Because honestly, the more aware you are of your energy and how to maintain it, how to protect it, the more successful you're going to be. It's just, it's that simple. And I'm like, I need everyone to know this. I tell Austin all the time. He's totally like, what are you talking about? But also, okay, I'm going to try. <laughs> um, so I'm now in a place just literally in the last few months where I'm comfortable talking about it. I just went on a family vacation with my family and, and we kind of talked about the Akashic Records some and it's definitely a little bit difficult for them to conceptualize because I'm also a completely different person. Um, but like I said, you know, I came from a background. My dad was an environmental scientist. Family is, you know, they're open. This is this is how we got here. I'm an intuitive guide, clairvoyant. I'm still working on the title. I honestly, I don't know. I, Austin's always like, the word psychic medium makes me think of like a 1-800 number and I'm like, okay, I don't like that. You know, I believe in God. I pray in Jesus' name because that's where I came from. That's my root. But I just, the reason I'm saying all of this is that I just want this to be a, a space where we talk about energy and love, right? Whatever that looks like to you, whatever that feels like to you, whether it's God, universe, source, whatever, Gaia, whatever verbiage, I believe in it all. It's all welcome. I am always rooted in love with these messages. My intention for this whole podcast is love. So I don't ever want to turn anyone off by, you know, saying specific words or terms, but I just kind of wanted to basically you guys to know, well, 
One, how I got here. Two, what AG University is. This is not like an Influencer 101 podcast, even though we can talk about that stuff. But this is really just a place that I want to help you become more in touch with yourself because I'm telling you, your intuition, whatever you have on your heart, maybe it's becoming an influencer, I don't know, but whatever is on your heart, it's like this internal GPS that was like put inside of you and you come into this planet and your body is like, your soul is like, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to do this. And then a lot of us spend time being like, no, I'm too scared to try that or too scared to do the thing. I'm going to make you do the thing. Okay. <laughs> if you listen to this podcast, you're going to do the thing. I'm going to make you do the thing. You don't have a choice. I'm sorry. You're here. Just, <laughs> that's it. Everyone buckle up. So whatever is on your heart, it's there for a reason. And I'm going to give you the tools to tune into your highest self. So that is the foundation for this class of 2023. Everybody. I'm happy you're here. It's a free education. We love that. So this is all about energy and in love and in lightness. And I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited to share this story. And honestly, I'm excited to share this side of myself because I do feel like I've been living like a freaking Hannah Montana double life, pretending, you know, that I'm just a fashion person when I have like so much more to me and to offer. I think a big part of that too was coming into a relationship that, you know, I... I believe Austin is my person. And even though this stuff is so foreign to him, he supports me and he knows. And I think that was something that was, there was a lot of resistance for me. I was always afraid to like date someone and then find out all this about me and be like, whoa, that's really crazy. Or just, you know, I think everything in my life has fallen into a place where all of my friends could not be more supportive. They're like, I've done readings for all of my friends. I've done a reading for producer Courtney, Shannon, everyone in my life. And they really, really understand me now and understand that this is like such a gift and that they know I'm here to help people. And so it's just been really cool doing this like massive coming out party and everyone just being so kind, so loving. And everyone that sent me a DM from Shannon's podcast, like, thank you so much. Everyone was so... I mean, I have not gotten a single negative word. Everyone was just so loving and supportive and kind. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. So, you guys, this was this was the the um, foundation for our coursework. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> so everyone's got to come to class. I am committed to getting this out every single week and bringing on the best experts. I have so many people lined up already that are so pumped to come on, celebrities and influencers that I've read for that are going to come on and talk about their reading. Like, how freaking cool. I am just, it's, it's, I'm so stoked. It's going to be things that you guys are going to be pretty shocked about and especially people that you are not going to see this coming from. So, um, yes, we're going to be learning. I love you. I love you. I love you. You guys subscribe on here. I don't know. Subscribe, tag me in your stories. I'll repost it or I'll message you. I'm still figuring out the podcast thing, but that's it, you guys. You are dismissed. Class is over. I love you so much. Mwah.